I'm asking all of my listeners, my proud supporters of our courageous men and women in blue to join me and express your unwavering appreciation for law enforcement. Pin Blue Line USA has stylish apparel, great accessories that make a statement and flags that fly with pride. They've got everything you need to show your support for law enforcement. Go to PinBlueLineUSA.com and shop a wide selection of products to show up your patriotism. Use code SID and get 15% off. Stand with me, Sid, and stand with WABC as we honor those who protect and serve. ThinBlueLineUSA.com. Once again, use the code word Sid. 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. Again, to Prince, he would have been 65 today, the late, great Prince. And again, what album uh, is this one off of, Lewis? I think, uh, I have to check, I think it's Sign of the Times. Sign of the Times. Got a nice message here from the former chief of police, who, uh, of course, is a dear friend of mine, but just about everybody in this city, whether it's Bo Deedle or my next guest, Pete King, Joe Esposito. Joe travels into New York City now every Tuesday for cancer treatments. He just texted me this. Good morning, Sid. You make my ride to my treatment enjoyable. I'm smiling. Thank you. And that made me very, very happy. Joe Esposito, we love you. As you do, our next guest, once again, the better part of four decades, as along with Rudy Giuliani, the best politicians New York has ever seen, a congressman out on Long Island, all the great work he did with Homeland Security. He's just the best, and he's on the show every Wednesday morning, but at a very important hearing this morning in Washington, D.C., it's my buddy Pete King. Peter, good morning, pal. How are you? Sid, I'm doing great. I'm glad you had that message from Espo. He's a great guy, Joe Esposito. Whenever I text him, he comes back like, how come you're bothering me? I'm doing great. I'm in great health. You know, he's, a, he's such a fighter, that guy. He really is. He's he really is. Guy. And he sends me these videos of him doing push-ups and not yeah, long after brain surgery. God bless him. He's a great guy. He loves you and... Yeah, we all love him, too. So, uh, you know, it's funny. I, I got a, a text from Nicole Maliotakis. She's going to join me at 810 because the New York City council members are in D.C. this morning, too, to talk about the migrant crisis. Justin Brandon and these people, they want more money. That's why she's coming on at 810. I don't think you're, here for those, that you're there for those hearings, are you? No, I'm not here before the Intelligence Committee. I was on that committee for... Uh... Nine years. You know, it really is funny. You and me talking about the Intelligence Committee. Talk about uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, somehow those names and words don't, you know, don't fit in the same sentence. But no, it's uh, actually the new chairman of the committee, uh, Mike Turner from Ohio, and also the Democrat on the committee, Jim Himes. They wanted to bring back some sense of stability to the committee. That used to be a very sound bipartisan committee. And then during the whole Trump hearing and all those investigations at Russia, it really went off the rails. I was on the committee then. So they're trying to get it back to normal. 
that are having five former members, three Republicans, two Democrats, to come back and say what the emphasis of the committee should be. And my point is, you know, there's um, so many hotspots around the world, Russia, China, Iran, you know, the Middle East, we can go through all of them. But to me, I just hope they don't take their mind off or their attention off uh, al-Qaeda, Islamist terrorism, because they are, in many ways, as lethal now as they were in 9-11, and they're lying in wait. And uh, I, my concern is that too often, whether it's the CIA or the FBI or all of them, they follow whatever the story is on the front page of the newspapers. And uh, you know, there's very little about al-Qaeda, very little about ISIS. But I can tell you, they are as strong as they ever were. We have more defenses than we had before. But on the other hand, they're also adapting to that. So I don't want to wake up one morning and realize it's now September 11th again because we were so focused on the others. Now, we have to stay focused on everything. We've got to be able to walk and do gum at the same time. But that's my message today. Is, you know, each of us is going to have a different message, I guess. Like Frank Lobiano from New Jersey, he'll be there. But uh, my, 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 again, focus is that everything else is important. But please don't forget what happened on 9-11, and it can happen again tomorrow if we let our guard down for even a second. And I agree with you. I want to get back to that in a second. But, you know, you've uh, you stepped away from politics, even though you're still heavily involved. And people like Anthony D'Esposito, he goes to you, Joe Cairo, Bruce Blakeman, all these folks. And they should, because, again, quite frankly, for the better part of four decades, you were as good as politics was ever in this state. But it, what what kind of reaction do you get? How big of an honor when, in fact, they come to you to do something like this when you stepped away a couple of years ago? It does mean a lot. I mean, you know, it shows you're not forgotten, I guess. And, uh, again, to stay relevant, to stay involved, to me, means a lot. So I guess I, I came back. I came back a day early just to get myself acclimated. And uh, so last night uh, we were down at the Dubliner, which is a local Irish uh, bar, I'll call yeah, it that. Way, way uh, to continue the stereotype, Pete. Irish guy at a bar know, the night I before know, a mirror. <laughs> yeah, 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 give me a break. I had my surgery in Long Island Jewish Hospital. So, I mean, I'm, uh, I'm a man for all seasons. So. There you go. Right. <laughs> No, but anyway, so, again, we got together. Uh, uh, former staff members of mine uh, showed up. They, you know, they put it together. Anthony Esposito came by. Frank Fobiano from New Jersey, he came by. Uh, Nick Langworth from upstate New York. Aloda was there. I saw uh, Andrew Garbarino during the day. So it was good. And then also the best thing, you come back here. You know, you see the cops again. You talk to them, people you haven't seen in two and a half, three years. But, again, to show you how things changed, I, everything worked out perfectly. So I, I got a place to park the car. I was told the side door to go in. I got there early so I could get some meat before I, you know, uh, talk to you on the radio. First door I go to, it's locked. Oh. And that's strange. Then I go back through the garage. I go all the way through the garage. Second door is locked. Oh. So I said, oh, my God, yeah, you're away two and a half years, and the whole world changes around <laughs> you. So, <laughs> but you're in. So then I ran into uh, this guy, Randy, from uh, Illinois. He's a great guy. And he's actually, uh, he was one of the guys who was on the baseball team when Steve Scalise got shot. He was the catcher that day. Oh, my God. And he's down here for baseball practice. But he found us another door to get in. So, anyway, I got in the, wow. you know, in, in the door, got something. Here I am talking to you. So, you know, what can be better? But here you are being anti-Irish, making fun of me because I was yes. an Irish bar. That's right. Yes. I was there with Tia Esposito and Lo Beyondo. Is that good enough? Oh, they, no, I love those guys, yes. And, uh, yeah. look, <laughs> that, that brought back some uh, memories that Bernie Sanders supporter folks who – Went to the field that day with a shotgun and, like you said, shot yep. Steve Scalise. I, I know Jeff Flake was like, he's going to kill me, he's going to kill me. But he didn't shoot Flake. Well, thank God your friend Randy, the catcher. And it was a horrible day. Could have been a lot worse since Scalise survived, thank God. You know, you talk about uh, al-Qaeda and ISIS. And Bo Deedle has also been saying that for years. You know, they're laying there. They're going to come back at us. 
Every now and then we'll see some lone wolf do something like that guy here right. Halloween years ago who drove down West Street, killed all those people. But we haven't seen a real attack where they put a bunch of people together, something major, since September the 11th. And I know that 13 soldiers died in Afghanistan last year, and a lot of folks said, well, there it is. That's going to pave the way for ISIS and al-Qaeda to come back as strong as ever. But you do realize, Pete, while I agree with you, we're going to be 22 years removed this September yeah. 11th. I don't think the public necessarily agrees. Yeah, I, 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 I agree with you that the public doesn't agree, which is why I was telling the committee, you can't just always do what people are interested in. If you go back to 1999, 2000, and right up to 2000, uh, you know, to September 11th, there wasn't a word about uh, al-Qaeda. I mean, it was not mentioned in the uh, debates between Al Gore and George Bush. Uh, that, that's when we were all worried about the sharks and uh, – uh, you know, uh, biting on people's legs at the beach and everything else. Right. It was not a talk about it. So again, and, and, by, and by the way, and, and, it. and by the way, and, and it was only at that point seven years removed from the initial World Trade Center bombing under Bill Clinton. Yeah, it was actually eight and a half years. It was January, uh, February of ninety-three, so February ninety-three to September uh, of. Uh, no, yeah, no, no. It was eight and a half years when, 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 when the tragedy happened. But when those guys were running against each other, it was less than that. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. You're right, and. Uh, so, again, it, you know, uh, unfortunately, uh, Americans put a lot of things on the rearview mirror. It's ancient history. I mean, I'm not trying to sound the alarm. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying don't let our guard down. We don't have to be announcing it to the whole world. I just want to make sure that all of the intelligence agencies and all our allies are working together on this and not allow it to happen again. Everything else is important. I'm not trying to diminish anything. But I, I saw before what happened when, uh, again, after that uh, World Trade Center bombing in February of uh, in 1993, it was sort of forgotten. I mean, uh, uh, and again, even our inch, you know, inching later on, people say, like, you know, Bill Clinton was warning. Nobody warned us. The fact is that uh, it, it was not a key issue. It was, it was on the back burner. That's all. I'm not saying the attack is going to happen tomorrow or ever happen. I want to make sure it, it doesn't happen. Yeah. I agree with you. Many I agree with you. And we're, and we're not that far removed. I know it wasn't the lower Manhattan or Shanksville, Pennsylvania, Washington, D.C., but still less than a decade since that brutal day in Paris when ISIS went from the soccer stadium to outdoor cafes to the amphitheater and started murdering people all over town less than a decade from that. So I do agree, Charlie Hebdo, that whole thing. So I'm with you on that. But I will ask you, well, Gordon Chang is set to join me at 840, Peter. And you did mention China and Russia and the the ones that everybody's talking about uh, every day. And Gordon's going to come on and sound the alarm that U.S.-China, that's going to happen. Do you agree with that? I believe it could happen. I, I hope it doesn't, but we have to uh, we have to keep ourselves strong in, in the Pacific. We have to make sure Taiwan gets the weapons they're supposed to get. We have to make it clear that we're not going to allow uh, you know, uh, China to take over the Taiwan Straits. And also, we have to make sure we keep strong with Japan and South Korea, the Philippines, all those countries. So China knows that we are a united front if they do move. But no, listen, China is growing economically. I mean, think of all the businesses they own in the U.S., Think of all over the world, whether it's uh, Latin America, Europe, Africa. They are, they're investing everywhere. And they are, and also their military is increasing so much. It's just a, uh, again, it's, uh, uh, China is definitely a real threat to us. I'm not saying war is going to happen, but it certainly could happen. Certainly it will happen if we let down our guard at all. One more thing, by the way, is really on all this. Right. You mentioned military, and I know you listened yesterday. We devoted a lot of yesterday's program to the 79-year commemoration 
of D-Day, June 6th, back in 1944, when we stormed the beaches in Normandy. And I brought on Colonel Jack Jacobs later on in the program yesterday. He's spoke great, to, by uh, the way. Jack Jacobs is a great American. Isn't he great? Guy. He really is. Yeah. I agree with you. And we talked about you know, the difference today and, and all that, and we talked about the military, and a lot of folks, at least on my side of the aisle and your side, are nervous that the military has become too weak. We spend much too much time worrying about social issues and not training for the Chinese or al-Qaeda. And there's a large portion of Americans that are nervous that this current army under Biden is way too woke and weak. What do you think? I mean, it's a real danger. And last week, I guess it was, when Kamala Harris spoke at West Point, she said the real strength of our military is its diversity. Diversity has nothing to do with it. The fact is you get the best men and women in there who can kill and who know what they're doing and are willing to put their lives on the line. That's what makes a great military, not, you know, again, you know, what their uh, uh, gender is or anything else. That is all BS. And uh, my concern is we are so concerned about, uh, again, you know, know, being woke by making sure that all of the uh, editorial writers uh, say good things. No, we got to. This, this is this is life and death, and uh, the enemies are up against. They're not trying to be diverse. Listen, I, as far as I'm concerned, we could have a hundred percent African American uh, army or navy or, or military or go. It doesn't matter. I don't care what color you are, as long as you're the best fighter we can possibly get. And and, and you know that's really what has to happen. Uh, in fact, the other day when I was on Captain uh, uh, Cosby, uh, Senator Tuberville from Alabama was there, who is also leading a fight in, in Congress against this wokeness of the uh, you know American military. This has nothing to do with uh, with fighting, nothing to do with having a good defense, nothing at all to do also with intimidating the enemy. We yeah. want them to think we have the leanest, meanest fighters in the world, not that we, you know, everyone is gender and racially diverse. You mentioned Tommy Tuberville. For folks that don't know, of course, I'm a sports guy as well. He was a tremendous college football coach a lot of those years at Auburn in Alabama. And uh, you mentioned him in the Cats and Cosby conversation. Don't know if you know this, but Tommy Tuberville's father was one of the very great Americans who stormed the beach in Normandy that day. Tommy Tuberville's father. I think he was 17 years old. Yes. Yes. Now, just to be honest, Tommy Tuberville and I did have one serious, serious disagreement. He was the assistant coach at Miami under Johnson when Notre Dame beat uh, Miami 31-30 back in 1988. And he's still to this day complaining. (laughs) that Lou Holtz had the refs in his pocket. I mean, yeah. the guy won't admit defeat after all yeah. these years. Oh. He won't admit that Notre Dame clearly yeah. beat them that day. Yeah, I got to tell you, I kind of agree with Tuberville. <laughs> oh, come on. Come well, wait, on. But wait a second. You have to understand, Peter, that I started my collegiate career, which included four schools in seven years at Miami and Coral Gables. In fact, I got there right after Bernie Kosar beat Nebraska and won the national championship. So I hated Notre Dame, hated them. But that was a really good football team, and you guys deserved oh, it. Great game, great game. Oh, yeah. great game. Uh, the Catholics versus the convicts. That was the game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a big one. Hey, listen, enjoy your day in Washington, D.C. I'm so happy you're back there and, and uh, got that honor to take part in this very, very big hearing today. And what you're saying means a lot. Absolutely don't take your eye off the ball. Al-Qaeda, ISIS, still very dangerous, maybe now more than ever in the last 22 years. So we love you, and good luck today, Pete King. Thank you so much. Thank you. And tell Justin, we're back at 840 next week. I don't want him bouncing me around anymore. Well, okay. got bad news for you. Donald Trump is on 840 next week. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, my God. Come on. <laughs> Thanks, Pete. Enjoy the day. Okay. Thank you, sir. Thank you. There's Bye. our guy, the great Congressman Peter King, at a very important hearing today in Washington, D.C. 
This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.